of the Great Depression, New York City Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia strived to live with the people. It was not unusual for him to ride with the firefighters, raid with the police, or take field trips with orphans. On a bitterly cold night in January of 1935, the mayor turned up at a late-night court serving the poorest ward of the city. LaGuardia dismissed the judge for the evening and took over the bench himself. Within a few minutes, a tattered old woman was brought before him, charged with stealing a loaf of bread. She told the mayor that her daughter's husband had left, her daughter was sick, and her two grandchildren were starving. However, the shopkeeper from whom the bread was stolen refused to drop the charges. It's a real bad neighborhood, your honor, the man told the mayor. She's got to be punished to teach other people around here a lesson. LaGuardia sighed. He turned to the woman and he said, I've got to punish you. The law makes no exceptions. It's ten dollars or ten days in jail. But even as he pronounced the sentence, the mayor was already reaching into his own pocket. He extracted a bill and tossed it into his famous hat, saying, Here's the $10 fine, which I now remit. And furthermore, I'm going to fine everyone in this courtroom 50 cents for living in a town where a person has to steal bread so that her grandchildren can eat. Mr. Bailiff, collect the fines and give them to the defendant. $47.50 was turned over to the bewildered woman who had stolen a loaf of bread to feed her starving grandchildren. 50 cents of that amount was contributed by the grocery store owner himself. This truly is good news which we ought to pay attention to. It is the poor in spirit who are blessed, protected, forgiven, and at peace with Jesus. The story is told in the Gospels of a woman who is unnamed, although she is labeled as a sinner who was caught in her actions. Many people took it upon themselves to drag her before Jesus to hear his verdict. Surely he would condemn her. There was no logical way of sidestepping such a blatant sinfulness. Yet while the crowd looked on at the process, Jesus gazed at the woman. The crowd declared, let us kill this woman. She's broken the law of God. The person, the woman, is expendable. But Jesus, the human face of God, was interested in the woman. In love, he didn't, perhaps couldn't, condemn her. This is unjust, illogical, scandalous, and appalling grace. It confuses us. It doesn't sit well with us. It doesn't allow us to make sense of or control justice. Yet this is the very action and invitation of the Word of God in flesh. Isaiah 55 says, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Let the wicked forsake their ways. Let the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will freely pardon them. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. That's Isaiah 55, verse 1, and then verse 7 to 9. Don't be so foolish as to measure God's love by your own logic or your own measure. The mercy of God is given to you today free of charge, even for the most impoverished in spirit and the most scandalized of sinners. Near the end of Mark's Gospel, we see the outlandish image of Jesus standing before Jewish and Roman authorities as he is tried for blasphemy and for irreligious activity, such as his posture towards sinners. Jesus is judged guilty and suffers a sinner's death, yet unchained, God raised Jesus out of condemnation. He died in the flesh and yet rose in the spirit to become a life-giving spirit for us today. Even those whose flesh is weak, whose spirits fail, and whose condemnation is well-deserved. Jesus, who was judged by man and condemned to death, was loved by God and gifted with eternal life. He stands as the true judge today. And he's not fooled by you. He sees you fully, poor, broken, dismantled, guilty, and yet he says to you, neither are you condemned. You are loved. You're free. Who the Son, the righteous judge, sets free is free indeed. So pay attention to the good news and let it compel you out of your fallenness, away from your sin, and into a new life in the loving, albeit scandalous, love of Jesus Christ. Thank you.